to do. When you have this kind of faith, he saves you from the punishment that comes from doing wrong. Acts 16 verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Just 
Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. Your Grace. Yes? Yes, what is it? Your Grace, there is someone outside who wishes to see you. Well, bring him in. But I thought it best first to tell you who he is. But you're being awfully mysterious. He's not a common visitor. Oh, a visiting dignitary, perhaps? Yes, Your Grace, it's David. David? The son of Jesse? The son-in-law of the king? Now, what's so unusual about a member of the royal family paying a visit to the place of worship and wishing to see the high priest of Israel? He travels alone, Your Majesty. He has neither armor-bearer nor servant with him, and his mannerism speaks of intrigue and... Show David in immediately, and we shall solve the mystery, if uh, such there be. David. Uh, thank you, Your Grace. Uh, you, uh, you are alone? Uh, 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 yeah, yes, yes, I'm alone, Your Grace. Is it not rather unusual for a member of the royal household to travel without benefit of protection and, uh, and the services of attendants? Oh, indeed it is, Your Grace, but, uh, well, uh, uh, business demands that in, in this case. But obviously you travel hastily, too. You, you appear to be worried and full of sorrow. 
Are you fleeing from the wrath of the king? What? Will the king's soldiers be here after you at any minute? Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm not being pursued, Your Grace. Then may I ask with all due respect why you are come to me, the, the high priest at the tabernacle? Well, I, I'm on an important errand for the king. Uh, he said unto me, David, let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I, I see. Well, what, what can I do for you and the king? I'm in need of provisions, bread or whatever is at hand. I have no common bread at hand, only the hallowed bread. Yes, but uh, wouldn't the old bread that was removed from the tabernacle be considered common bread? Well, uh, perhaps. In any case, since you say it's for the king, I will let you have it. Uh, I'm also in great need of some sort of weapon. Uh, the king's business is so urgent that I, I uh, failed to bring with me my spear and sword. Uh, do you have a spear or, or a sword? The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the Valley of Elah. Behold him, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that... Well, take it, for, for there's none but that here. Well, there's no sword better than that one. I'll take it, and I... Uh, Why, how do you do, Your Highness, Prince David? Imagine seeing you here, especially without the usual royal retinue. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Himalek, Your Grace. I didn't know you were busy. I'll come back later. A good day, Your Highness. Who was that fellow? His name is Doeg. He is one of King Saul's chief shepherds, a converted Israelite. He acts like a spy to me. Well, I'd, I'd better get going on my way, on, the, on that secret errand for the king. Uh, good day to you, Your Grace, and thank you for the bread and the sword. If you don't mind my saying it, Your Grace, I think David is lying. David lying? Oh, oh I doubt that he would be. He's, he's too good a man. Too obedient to the will of God to tell lies. Well, there's something wrong. He didn't act like a prince on an errand for his king. More like a fugitive from justice. Well, if David is lying, it will bring much evil and sorrow to himself, as well as others. But I, I have the same feeling that you do. There's, there's something wrong. I feel disaster, sorrow, evil in the air. When David left the presence of Ahimelech, the high priest, at Nob, he fled to southward. I've got to go someplace where I'll be safe from King Saul. Let's see, where is the safest place? Shall I go to the mountains or to the... Oh, I know. There is more safety among his enemies than in the dominions of King Saul. I, I think I'll go to Gath and appeal to King Achish for asylum. There's some danger there, too. <laughs> but I doubt if they'll recognize me as the lad who slew their champion, Goliath. So, you seek refuge from the fury of your king. If it please, your majesty. <laughs> I will do anything to bring discomfort to the king of Israel. If he hates you and seeks your life, you must be all right. You shall have my protection. Long live the king. You wish something, general? I wish to speak words in the ear of my king. Proceed, general. 
This man before you, this Israelite, his name is David, Your Majesty. Yes, I know. <laughs> All the world knows that the King of Israel fears this man, David, and that he seeks his life. But, sire, do you not recognize David as someone besides the fugitive sought by his king? No. Should I? Your Majesty, I beg to inform you that this man is the one who slew Goliath. Goliath? The giant Goliath? The Philistine champion? Yes, Your Majesty. But Goliath was slain by a mere lad with a slingshot. I myself saw the entire thing. That lad would be a man now. This is he. Are you the same, David? The lad who slew our champion Goliath? They can't be one and the same. Look at this man. His spittle runs down his beard. This man is mad, insane. You can see that for yourselves. Have I need of madmen in my court? Take him away. Out of my presence. Let him loose outside the city gates that he may dwell with the wild beasts of the woods where he belongs. Away with him. Out of my sight. I go now. I lied to the high priest, so I can't go back there. <laughs> and I had to feign madness before King Achish to escape. And that was a lie, too. It seems like I'm getting so I lie about anything. I've been under terrific strain, hunted and persecuted by Saul, with every man a spy who would betray me to the king. It's these pressures upon me and my human weakness. Oh, will oh God forgive a lie? Oh, where, where will I go that I may... David, anointed of God, a lie told, a harm done, a wrong committed, all these things will God forgive. Yet once done, the consequences cannot be undone. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Immortal, invisible
Here we are at the start of another Kids Bible Club meeting, and I'm excited. You guys are doing such a great job of finding wonderful Bible texts to share. Uh, tonight, it's Lily's turn, right, Lily? Whatever you say, Pastor Perez, I have my text ready. Good. Let's hear it. <clears throat> okay, my favorite text is found in the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 19. Here's what it says. From six calamities, he will rescue you. In seven, no harm will befall you. Hmm, interesting. If I remember my Bible correctly, those words were spoken to Job by his friend Elipaz. Elipaz was attempting to encourage Job, right? I guess so. I just like them. Lily, are you having some calamities in your life? Henry's my brother. What do you think? Hey, I'm a good brother. <laughs> oh, I see. You need to know that no matter what Henry does, God will rescue you? Something like that. I'll have you know that I'm a lot better than I used to be. Really? How? Well, I make fun of you a lot less, I tease you a lot less, and when was the last time I put something gooey in your coat pocket? Tuesday. See? I'm cutting back. You know, Henry, you might want to take it easy on Lily. After all, you are her big brother. She needs you to protect her, not bug her all the time. Okay, okay, no more gooey stuff, but beyond that, no promises. <sighs> Don't worry, Pastor Prez. I'm sure that whatever Henry does to me, there's a Bible text for it. I'll just keep looking. Good attitude, Lily. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is A Cup of Cold Water. Well, vacation's almost over, thought Martha. She seated herself in the willow rocker on the veranda of the resort hotel and looked out over the lake. Two more days and she would be going home. She was not really sorry, for she would be going back to work in the music store, and that was a job she particularly liked. In fact, she liked it so well that in the back of her mind she was planning how she could buy the business when old Mr. Bergstrom sold it. He was getting too old to run it, he said, and if he could find a good buyer, he would sell. Martha would love to be that buyer, but she had no idea where she would ever get the money for the down payment. Martha sighed. No use worrying about the future tonight. The lake was still and beautiful with the last rays of the sun making a path of gold almost to the door of the hotel. Just before darkness fell, an old lady hobbled onto the porch and took the rocker opposite Martha. Martha decided she must be a newly arrived guest, for she could not remember seeing her before. The old lady sat in silence, rocking back and forth. Martha sat in silence, too, 
and the only sound was the squeak of the rockers as they moved back and forth, back and forth on the wide boards of the porch floor. Suddenly, the old lady's rocker stopped. The lady readjusted her shawl and leaned forward on her cane. Martha heard her say, I wish I had a glass of cold water. Here's my chance, thought Martha to herself. I haven't done a bit of missionary work since I came up here. I'll get it for her. Without a word, Martha left and in a few minutes returned with a glass of ice water. The old lady looked surprised. Did you hear me say I wanted a glass of water? Martha nodded. Well, I was just talking to myself. I surely didn't expect anyone to get it for me. Martha assured her that she was happy to get it, then went to her room for the night. During the next two days, Martha caught sight of the old lady only occasionally. Then, almost before she knew it, she was back in the music store. One day, as she was waiting on customers, she noticed a tall, distinguished man enter the store. He waited until she had finished with a customer, then came over to Martha. "'Could you tell me where I could find this person?' he asked, showing Martha a piece of paper. "'Why, that's my name,' Martha gasped. "'What would a stranger want with her?' "'Then this is for you.' The man pulled a piece of paper from his wallet and handed it to Martha. "'It was a check, a check for fifty dollars. "'How could this be? There must be some mistake.' "'I'm sorry, sir,' Martha said, "'but I'm afraid there's been a mistake. "'No one would be sending me fifty dollars.' She handed the check back. "'But isn't this your name?' asked the man. "'Well, yes, but did you spend your vacation at Cabor's End on the island a few weeks ago?' Let me stop a minute. Did you spend your vacation at Cabot's Inn on the island a few weeks ago? Yes, but did you meet an old lady on the porch one night and give her a glass of water? Well, yes, I did, but that old lady is my mother. She said that never in her life has she seen a young lady so gracious as you and so thoughtful of others, especially an old crippled up lady. She wants you to have this. Martha took the check, not knowing quite what to say. Fifty dollars for a glass of water? Ridiculous. And another thing, the man went on, my mother wants to know what you would like most if you could have anything you wanted right now. Without thinking, Martha blurted out, why, this music store, the owner is selling and I would like very much to buy it, but I don't suppose I ever shall. Then she felt ashamed of herself. One should be more careful under such circumstances. Where is the man who owns the store? The man wanted to know. He's in the office in the back room. Fine, let's go and see him. Martha led the way, and before the day was over, Martha had not only the down payment, but she had the papers and the deed all signed. She owned the store. I know this is a very unusual story. Not everyone who is kind to those around him will be so richly rewarded. But sometimes... Remember one thing. It was not the cup of cold water that did the trick. It was Martha's genuine thoughtfulness and her willingness to be helpful that were rewarded. The story you've heard today was first published as part of the Vacation Bible School program in the book God's World by the Review and Herald Publishing Association and the General Conference Sabbath School Department. If you are interested in any other products published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Children. Come.
foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.